You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Don't forget to go to Zillary.com to get some fantastic shirts. Use the Locked On promo code and you get $25 off. We'll get news on a five-star LSU commitment that we'll be looking around. Also, a uh, recruiting report uh, at Ole Miss and Tennessee. And we've got the film room. We take a look at the Vols running back Tyson Chandler. And we'll take a look at Alex Leatherwood, Joe Burrow, and Brian Edwards. So load it up on this Monday edition of your Locked on SEC football podcast. Let's start with a breakdown of Kentucky, the Wildcats, with uh, historical success lately. And you certainly have to congratulate that coaching staff for what they've been able to do. Well, 10-win season for the first time since 1977, a winning record in the SEC for the first time since 77, a New Year's Day bowl game for the first time since the 1950s. Now, that sounds really big, but the, the 50s part, we all know that New Year's Day bowl games were you know, the rose orange sugar cotton, and, and now the New Year's Day bowl games are going to the Citrus Bowl. So it, it's a completely different. Still, says an awful lot about the program and where it has come. Um, so the accomplishments are really good. You could see. Uh, Mark Stoops really developing this program, um, and, and they have been so active in recruiting in the state of Ohio. They've done a really good job of building the line of scrimmage, and that's been the real key, and they've had some stability uh, in their class. So, uh, listen, he, after when went 0-8 in his first season, 2-6 and six in the next two, um, you know, he was – there was a lot of call from the Kentucky fans to send Mark Stoops out the door. And he was very close, very close to getting replaced until obviously he started to turn it around. So um, they're going to be more inexperienced this year. Um, I expect a bit of a regression. Uh, if you look at that, I mean, they're losing some key guys. Um, you know, there's, uh, but there's still some talent. There's still a good line of scrimmage team. And so I don't think they're going to like collapse. I think they're definitely a bowl team, um, but they're, you know, to me, both sides of the line of scrimmage should keep them in games. Um, they've got really good depth there and there's some talented guys. I think they've got playmakers at linebacker um, running backs going to be more by committee than in recent years, but um, there's a good mix of, 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 of players um, that I think they can work with. Now, they're, they're not very experienced in the secondary. Um, you know, uh, Rus- uh, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, Wilson is, is, a, is a kid that um, is not going to be, you know, Terry's a kid that's not going to be a really good playmaker as a passer, but he's got really good uh, legs to be able to work uh, with. So I think that it's uh, you worry a little bit about the backup situation at quarterback. But they've lost some key guys. I mean, obviously, Josh Allen and Benny Snell are enough. Those were guys that kind of, you know, got them over the hump. Those are guys that really made a difference in close games. They pulled some games out of the hat that, you know, they they didn't look any better than Missouri until they found a way to beat Missouri. And, you know, so there there's some issues that I think you wonder if they're going to get things done this year like they did last year. Um, a more pass-driven 
offense is needed for them to have the type of success because they're not going to be able to rely on Benny Snell. Last year it was defense, it was running game. I don't think they're going to be able to rely on the defense just controlling games, keep them in every game, and the running game you know, playing to that. I think they're going to need more out of Terry Wilson as a passer, and I don't know if he can do it consistently enough. So, listen, that's uh, three years now consecutive winning seasons for Kentucky and our Mark Stoops. That's getting it done. Um, you know, you know, and that's three years in a row. They finish with a 500 record or better in the SEC. That's, that's outstanding. There. So if you look at their schedule, they open up against Toledo in its first meeting. Toledo's really good team. And, and they'll get a look at uh, Brian Kovac, who's uh, ironically transferred over to Toledo. So, um, that's going to be an interesting game, but a game they should win. They should beat Eastern Michigan. And, you know, when you look at the – you should beat Arkansas. Um, you know, I think that the, the they should beat Vanderbilt. They should beat UT Martin, and they should beat Louisville. Uh, you know, so I think that there's six wins there. The key is, can they beat Florida again? Probably that's not going to happen. I think the swing games, as it will be, Mississippi State, over in the West, that's a questionable game. Uh, can they beat South Carolina? That's questionable. They're not going to beat Georgia. Um, you know, it's Missouri. It's Tennessee. Uh, it's those games. It's those four games that are going to determine, you know, how many more games up from six that they're going to win. Uh, they're not going to win all four of those games. They're not going to win ten games again. Could they win eight? I think that's doable. I think they could beat Mississippi State. They could beat South Carolina. They could beat Missouri. They could beat Tennessee. I think winning two of those would give them eight games, uh, eight wins. Uh, Seven, you know, is in that range. So I I think that that's kind of where I see Kentucky at this point. Uh, I think the program's in good shape. But I think for the folks that now think that, oh, now we had that great season last year. Now can we build on that? Uh, you don't. You, you don't do that at Kentucky. It just it doesn't happen that way because it's winning in the SEC that's relative to how well you are is how well you're playing against. You put them in um, the ACC Coastal, and they absolutely could win that division. You can't do that in, in the East, even in their best year. Uh, They were not able to get it done in a couple of key games. And when I look at them, while I like what they've done, I just don't think it's sustainable winning, you know, nine in 10 games because of the difficulty of the league and the difficulty of their schedule. But at least out of conference, Toledo, Eastern Michigan, UT Martin, and Louisville, I think they've got four built-in wins. So that helps them go to a bowl game. And again, how good of a bowl game I could see maybe like a Music City Bowl type of game would be a really good season for this uh, this uh, Kentucky team. I, I think that Mark Stoops has done as good a job of coaching on the field, getting as much out of his team as anybody in the East. If you look at it last year, I don't think there's any doubt about it, but he's got his work cut out for him. Unlike Florida and Georgia, where they're getting loads of talent, you're not getting that at uh, at Kentucky. So they don't have a dynamic running back anymore coming back. They don't have a dynamic quarterback. They don't have a great receiver. Where is the playmaking ability going to come from? So um, defensive guys, I mean, not only did lose Josh, Allen's, but my, uh, Josh uh, Allen, but Mike Edwards and Jordan Jones, those guys were difference makers. They That was the reason 
why they were able to get to such a high level last year. But he does a good job. Um, I think that this is a program that if you can win, you know, nine games every fourth year, you know, because things you develop guys correctly. And I, I think that would be phenomenal. But I think winning seven and eight is more realistic. Um, I just don't think that, um, you, you know, they, they just have to be careful that they don't go, and I don't think they will, to like a five-win type of season. Um, you know, if you go six and six, go to a bowl game, it's not all that bad. Now, that would be a huge disappointment for Kentucky fans. But realistically, it could happen. I think it's more likely it's a seven- or eight-win team. And who knows? Uh, some some of those teams that I mentioned, question mark games, uh, if they if they hit it right and win the, the, the four games that they absolutely need to win, and they're able to win, um, you, you know, uh, 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 excuse me, the six games that they're supposed to win, uh, then I think that they can add uh, a couple of three games uh, into it and make it uh, six or seven. So that's the way I kind of see it with the Kentucky in Mark Stoops. And I'll say this, that I, I think that Mark is not only done a great job, but if the if it becomes more of a we expect you to do more, um, listen. I, I think realistically, at that point, I think Mark Stoops would it would behoove him to move to a job. Certainly, the Florida State job would be a great job for him. I think he's getting as much out of that program as can be had. Yep, absolutely. Well, he's done a fantastic job. You don't look at it as just a basketball school anymore. So that's saying something uh, entirely. Uh, locked on SEC football news of the day is a five-star LSU commitment that might be looking around a little bit. Should the Tiger staff be concerned? Well, you always a concern when they visit. But Elias, uh, Elias Ricks, who committed uh, around Christmas time last year, he's a five-star corner, big-time 6'2", 195-pound corner. He's going he's gonna to take all five of his visits. That is not a surprise Ohio State has really worked hard in recruiting him. Uh, he's very close friends with another commitment, uh, uh, the Cavus kid, um, who, uh, you know, so there's a possibility there. Uh, and Ohio State's done a great job. Uh, Alabama is certainly in the mix, um, and, and he's going to take a visual visit to uh, USC as well. So uh, we'll see how this plays out, but uh, he is, uh, at least at this point, firm with LSU. And with their history there, uh, you would think it's a strong possibility. But the fact that he's going to visit the Alabamas, the USC's, and the Ohio States, and he already has in some of those cases, uh, we need to keep an eye on it. Really elite, an elite corner, big corner that can really cover. More recruiting news uh, on Ole Miss and Tennessee. Stay tuned. You're locked on big, or locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Also, the film room takes a look at Tennessee running back Tyson Chandler, a scouting spotlight on several top players in the SEC. So stay tuned. More after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. It's time to get rolling on the film room. Uh, but first, we want to take a recruiting report 
on Tennessee and Ole Miss. Your thoughts on what's going down there in their recruiting? Well, you know, Ole Miss uh, recently got four-star 2020 quarterback Robbie Ashford, and he's an impressive-looking young, long, you know, muscular-built guy that room to grow. He's uh, um, he's from Hoover, Alabama. Uh, he's a really good baseball prospect. He's going to play both sports at Ole Miss. They kind of sold him on that. Um, he's got a chance to be a really high-level quarterback, and uh, he's – I think got great arm talent to throw it to all three levels of the field outside the numbers, uh, throw it off of different platforms, uh, off his, um, uh, y- you know, off his back foot, which, you know, we hear this a lot. Well, you don't want to throw off your back foot. There are many times where you have to do just that. And this, this guy's got really good arm talent to throw it off of different platforms. Really good get for, uh, for Ole Miss and, um, good looking, good looking prospect. Uh, Tennessee's safety commitment, Kayshawn Lawrence. I've talked about him before, but um, this guy's got really good versatility. The more I study him, and, of course, the ball's got him over Miami, uh, I think can play safety. I think he can play corner, particularly inside. He's got really good coverability. I see him as a cover safety um, because I think he does a good job of coming down the alley and, and really doing a good job in zone coverage and defending the run. Uh, he plays kind of a hybrid linebacker position in college. He's he's a really good player. He's played running back, and he's returned kicks as well. He's a playmaker that I know the type of guy that Jeremy Pruitt wants. The more I look and more I study him, uh, he's going to be a good player for the Vols. And in the film room, we stay in Knoxville. I'm curious what you think about uh, Tyson Chandler. Uh, Chandler, uh, a running back who – Maybe it isn't the highest rated running back that they have on their roster, but has certainly shown some flashes. What do you think of Tyson? Yeah, I, I think he's um, he's a big-time playmaker. I think he's got playmaking ability. I mean, he averaged over five-and-a-half yards per carry and, you know, uh, over nine yards in his 19 receptions. Um, I think the key is if they're in more games and they can be more balanced offensively, this guy will be, be a, I think, surprise some people because – He's got shake. He's got wiggle. Can make people miss in in short areas. Um, I think he's an underrated player. And as I excuse me, <clears throat> as I study him a little bit more, I think he's um, got a chance to be a factor and a big time factor for Tennessee. But like anything else, you know, it, the thing that impresses me the most about him is just his ability to make people miss. Now the offensive line has not been very good. It was a problem last year for Tennessee. It'll be a problem again this year. Hopefully improved. But that is where I kind of really get impressed by what this young man can do. The fact that he's had to do a lot of it and basically be his own blocker or getting a lot of avoidance yards. He's done a good job. So um, don't forget uh, Ty Chandler and one of the you know premier backs in the SEC this year to keep your eye out on. Uh, scouting Spotlight. We're going to get to that uh, here momentarily. We're going to take a look at uh, three key players in the SEC. Stay tuned. This is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Don't forget to go to Twillery.com. That's Twillery.com, and you can use the Locked On promo code and get $25 off. It's free shipping, free returns. Why not try them out? Get fantastic shirts that are comfortable, and you don't have to iron them. Stay tuned. More with Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. After this, I'm Dave Hook. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. It is your Locked On SEC football podcast, and it is time for a scouting spotlight. We go to Alabama. 
uh, LSU, and those are some key players, Chris, no question about it, that will play a major factor in what those teams are able to accomplish this year. Yeah, you know, I wanted to spend a little time talking about Alex Leatherwood, uh, the fine offensive lineman from Alabama. I I think he's as good a run blocker as he is in the country. I kind of went back over my notes over the weekend and really looking at guys that, from a technique and assignment um, and a production standpoint, as run blockers, who the best run blockers are in the country. And um, I think Leatherwood's just outstanding. I mean, play guard um, to keep Jonah Williams outside at tackle. And this guy's really good. He comes off with a flat back. And he's just drives his feet. Um, and this is this is what Alabama's looking to, you know, get back to a little bit more dominance at the line of scrimmage. And uh, I think that uh, certainly now that he's gone back to tackle his original position, um, I think we're going to see more of it and more of that style. And uh, Alex is just, uh, I, I think, a special, special run blocker. Wanted to spend a little time kind of going over Joe Burrow, quarterback at LSU, who – I really like a lot. I like his toughness. I like his competitiveness. I like his leadership. Uh, you know, the one thing I, you know, want to see this year in the development, lots been talked about Joe Brady's come in as the receiver coach and really more of a passing game um, consultant and involvement into the offense for Steve Insminger at LSU. What can LSU get done in the passing game? I think with Burrow, they can be efficient. He had the 15-6 touchdown to in, uh, interception ratio last year. His adjusting completion numbers um, were pretty good. I mean, you know, he's he had only 57% completion percentage, but I think he can get the football downfield effectively enough. Look, this is the, they want to run – some more run pass options and do some more spread stuff. Uh, John Emery's going to, you know, be a factor, I think, as a freshman at running back. I, I still think this LSU team is built around defense. I think they have to be careful not to turn the football over and cause mistakes. I think that's what would cost them like a game against Florida. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the A&M game and bad calls. The bottom line is they're more talented than A&M and, and got uh, out prepared. So, uh, in in a game like that, that that ultimately came down to maybe some bad calls that cost them, but they put themselves in that position. The Celestial offense is one that is, you know, Ed Orgeron is going back and forth. He wants to run spread. He wants to do something unique, and brings in Matt Canada. Uh, he didn't do his homework on hiring Matt Canada. That became a disaster. It became a lot of infighting. He switched the offense, you know, uh, midstream and. That became a, a disastrous season where you had the loss to Detroit. Not a disastrous season, but when you lose to Troy at home and you have a lot of infighting, that that was, I thought, a real waste of a season. So he goes and he promotes the guy he wanted in the first place, Steve Insminger. Steve could not get much out of the offense, so now they're bringing in Joe Brady. How much will be different? How much of it is good sale? That's that's Ed's strength. He's a salesman. Um you know, I don't know how much better they're going to be on offense. Time will tell. But if they're going to take that step, they're going to have to let Joe Burrow kind of take it and run with it a little bit. And I think he's smart enough, and he's from a coach's son's background. He will protect the football well. That's going to be pivotal. Can they get more big plays to balance out the offense? 
without turning the football over. They were just non-competitive offensively, for example, in a game like Alabama. They hadn't scored a point uh, against Alabama in well since Ed Orgeron has been been there. So um, it's been a as head coach. So it it's something that they've got to improve upon. There's a lot of hope and a lot of hype for LSU this year, but it's going to very well in a large degree come down to the play of Joe Burrow. So we'll study that. And then lastly, uh, Brian Edwards, a receiver at South Carolina. Um, you know, the, the one thing about it is there, his ability to get deep on his pass routes and to stem his pass routes are very, very impressive. He's probably as good as anybody in the SEC at getting downfield and uh, adjusting to the quarterback. So this is the guy that I think is going to have to step up and be the big play weapon for Jake Pentley this year. Uh, some other guys that I thought did a good job, and this this feature was kind of done based upon uh, guys getting downfield and, and running their routes and getting uh, to the depth of the routes quick enough. I thought Josh Palmer of Tennessee did a good job. Justin Jefferson, very underrated um, out of LSU. And Jalen Knox out of Missouri, those guys did a very good job in, uh, in that category as well. So that is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Certainly check out that side. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.